0: So John 19 here tonight, John chapter number 19, and let's begin reading in verse number 16. So John 19 and verse number 16. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, one on on either side, one, I'm sorry, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, write not the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I've written, I've written. I love that answer. I think he's about done dealing with the Jews right there with those leaders. Okay, we pick up the reading again in verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part. And also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, let us not rend it or tear it into four parts, but instead of rending it, but cast lots for it. Let's gamble for it. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they they parted, my raiment among them, and, my, and for my vesture did they cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Verse 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, "Woman, which is by the way an affectionate term, lady, woman," isn't it amazing that he's even on the cross he's making sure his mother's taken care of, mother or woman rather. I'm sorry. Behold, thy son. Then saith he to the disciple. Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his, into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel of, full of vinegar, And they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Tonight, I'd like to preach... um, On this this very important theme, this very important truth, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The finished work. Finished. As he said, it is finished. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Let's consider this really monumental. And I believe we can make a case the most important statement in human history. It is finished. Uh, Find your place also, if you would, please, in Hebrews. Just mark your Bible in the book of Hebrews. I meant to tell you to ask you to do that before. Hebrews chapter 9, if you'd just be ready there towards the end of the message. Or it might feel like towards the end of the message. We'll turn over to Hebrews 9. Yesterday morning, as I pulled up, Brother Ted and I got here about the same time and time for our staff meeting. I noticed he was getting up, getting out of the car just a little bit slower. He was tired and looked a little bit sore. Well, he had taken the couple days off and had worked on a kind of a clubhouse in the backyard for the grandkids. And uh, so he put a lot of effort into it. And he, and he said this, he said something to the effect, I don't remember exact words, but he said, it was a lot of work, but it's done, it's done, it's a blessing, there's something about a finished job, it's finished, it's finished, that, that project maybe that you've been putting hours into at work, and finally that presentation or that project, that sell, that effort, it's done, <laughs> that's a great relief. That finished paper at school, in college, or in high school that you've, that you've uh, well, you probably put off, <laughs> but now it's done, and, and you can say, it's finished, man, I'm glad that it's finished. It's done. That remodel job, and uh, we've been through that. You know, we bought a house that was uh, built in 1963, and so we slowly but surely have remodeled, and, and uh just takes time and money, Right? And but finally you know you get some of those projects done man it, it just feels exhilarating just to be done it's a, it's a done deal. Tonight we're considering the most important finished work of all time. The finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not I'm glad I'm not preaching tonight the partially finished work. <laughs> the almost done work. No, it is the finished work. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. By the way, he's the only one that could do it. It couldn't be another religious leader. It couldn't be a prophet. It couldn't be a priest that would do the work. It couldn't be a, a parent. It couldn't be a pastor. It couldn't be a deacon. It couldn't be an angel that would finish the work. No, friend, listen. It had to be the eternal son of God that did this work. What work are you talking about? Well, it is the work that was to pay the penalty for your sin. The penalty for my sin. The work, in one word, of redemption, that he paid the price, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, uh, as we read through the Word of God, you see that Jesus is is always moving towards the cross, the cross and the resurrection. Now, if there was no resurrection, there'd be no need for us to preach about the cross because there was a, a multitude of individuals that died on a Roman cross Jesus was not the only one. In fact, our scripture tells us that there was one that died on on a cross to his right and one to his left and preached about that this morning, had a great time preaching how that one of those men repented of his sin and trusted Jesus at the very last moments of his life and tonight he's in heaven. Thank God for that. And that's all because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it, all of human history was moving to this pivotal point in time on Mount Calvary, as we know it. Uh, the, uh, and the place that's known also as Golgotha, the place of the skull. And, and because it resembled a skull, it was on the, on the way into town. It was outside the city of Jerusalem. And, and so anyways, it was there. But all of history was moving to that one point in time. And really all of history is moving forth out of that time. And we'll, we'll spend eternity uh, singing his praises because, friend, listen, because tonight of what took place at Mount Calvary. The finished work of Jesus Christ. As brother, uh, brother Jim saying just a moment ago, I've got in my notes, John three sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then this verse, I love verse 17. Don't leave verse 17 out. It's a great verse as well. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why he came. That's why he came. He came that the world, that you and I, might be saved. In John chapter 4, Jesus, as he's uh, interacted with that woman there at the well, if you remember the context of that, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to go into all these verses, the context of all these verses, but just to mention them to see, to, sh- to demonstrate that Jesus throughout his life is headed towards the cross. That was his work. That was his mission. And in John 4, Jesus said to his disciples, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work to finish the work that the father gave him to do. John chapter 5 in verse number 36 he says but i have a greater witness than that of john for the works which the father hath given me to finish the same works that i do. Those works i do, that mission i do and i and jesus is, in, is saying here i will finish that work. In uh, John chapter number 14 in verse 31 but that the world may know that I love the Father and the Father, as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. John 17, John 17 in verse number 14, Jesus prayed, I have glorified thee on earth and have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now he's saying it in, in light of the cross and that he's gonna go. And the way that the Son of God would glorify the Father was by finishing the work on Mount Calvary. So I'm just establishing here up front that this was a monumental task and one that only he could accomplish. Death by crucifixion, we mentioned this morning, I just want to bring us all together here. Death by crucifixion was a cruel, agonizing, slow, painful way of death. But let me, let me say this evening, the greatest The greatest pain at Mount Calvary was not the pain of the nails and the spear that was driven into his side, but the fact that our sin was placed upon Jesus. Burying the cross was a symbol of of guilt and of shame. And those men that would go through the narrow streets of Jerusalem, we walked there in those streets as they would make their way. And and there was a sign that would go before them indicating what their crime was. And this morning we focused on those that were the the thieves. And it would indicate this is the shame that has brought these men to this place. And here was Jesus' crime. He was the king of the Jews. He had no sin. He committed no wrong. And yet he's numbered among the transgressors, which by the way, all of this is fulfilling prophecy. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 12, he was numbered with the transgressors. Treated as a common criminal. Executed on Mount Calvary for your sins and for mine. They nailed the sign there above his cross as Pilate wrote it. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And he wrote that in Hebrew so that the religious Jews could read it. He wrote it in Latin so that the Romans and the governmental officials could read it. He wrote it in Greek so the Greek philosophers and the common people of the day could read it. It was for all people. In fact, it was for you. That Jesus hung there on that cross. They parted his garments and and gambled over that that seamless tunic basically and, and, and treated him in such a disgraceful way as he hung there unclothed for you and for me. Standing close by the cross was his mother and then these others that are mentioned and there's, there's others that, are, that were there at, at the cross and standing close by. And John, the apostle John was there at the cross as well and heard Jesus say these statements. But all, all of this and what we're looking at here tonight is when Jesus said, I thirst. And they took that, that reed and they lifted up that sponge to where he was and he and he got just a little bit of moisture because he had something important to say. And he said one word. And and you and I, I mean we don't speak Greek, but in our bible it's three words, it is finished. But in Greek it's one word. Tetelestai. It is finished. It is done. I I love what Leon Morris said. He said, Jesus died with the cry of the victor on his lips. This is not, he said, this is not the moan of the defeated. He did not say, it is finished. I give up. No, friend, listen. He got his voice where he, could, where he could yell, where he could lift it up in a loud voice. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all indicate that he lifted up his voice with a loud voice. This was not typical for a man that had been hanging on the cross for six hours, that, by, by the way, had spent the night sleepless, a sleepless night, that had been beaten to the point of death, that he would lift up himself and cry in full control. It! Is finished. Yes. This must be a significant statement. This must be a monumental statement for him. And I agree with Leon Morris that it was not the moan of defeat, it was not the sigh of resignation. It is the triumphant recognition that he has now fully accomplished the work that he came to do. Amen. It is finished. It is finished. In fact, he said it in the perfect tense, which means this. It is an action that is completed in the past that has ongoing results. And we're part of those ongoing results here tonight that he said, it is finished. I think about the blood that was shed since the days of Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel to the sacrificial system under Moses and all those lambs and even right up into this, this very week as those Passover lambs and the blood was shed and Jesus is hanging there on that cross and he says no more, no more blood. It's all done. You see, listen tonight friend, you are not redeemed. We are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain conversation but we are redeemed. We are bought with the great price. You are bought with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid that price for you, and He was the only one. The sinless, harmless Son of God paid the ultimate price for you and said, It is finished. Oliver yes. B. Green said, This is the greatest word ever spoken. It is finished. It is finished. It is the greatest word because he he gives these four reasons. I'm going to use somebody else's outline here for just a minute. It's the greatest word. We would say greatest words. You know, it is finished, but tetelestai, it is finished. As he said that, it's the greatest word. Here's why. Number one, it came from the greatest person. It came from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke, it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of, of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In Acts chapter number 10, Peter preaching, he says, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said. He is Lord of all. Amen. It's the greatest words because he was the greatest person. Number two, it's the greatest word or greatest words we'd say tonight because it made known the greatest announcement on earth. The greatest announcement. Now, I don't know about you, but I enjoy like birth announcements. You know, we just had, uh, well, we've had a bunch, well, we always have a bunch of babies born around here, but, but we have just had, you know, this family had a baby born. It was this big, right? How, however, uh, what I call it before, the dimensions. Yeah. The, the, the birth announcement. Man, that's exciting. A birth announcement is exciting. How about this announcement about school being canceled? I'm thinking about... Amen. No, I didn't announce that it was canceled for tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about, you know, in the snow time, uh, all the kids get up early to see, hey, is my school's name listed there? Those are good announcements. Man, those are the good old days when we would cancel school like completely. Amen. Come on, we need to, d- anyways, all right. School cancellations, graduation announcements. This, this young person, this senior is graduating. Uh, wedding announcements. this couples getting married. I mean, even driving in the city now, there's, there's a billboard, and one of the electronic billboards. Congratulations to this man and this young lady. I, uh, oh. yeah. 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 <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> But hey, listen, it means something to that family. It means something of those families. It means something to that individual. But listen, we're talking about something tonight that wasn't just for a select few, a group. No, this is an announcement that's going to affect all mankind. As he said, it is finished. That affects you. That affects me. That affects us all. It is finished. It came from the greatest person. It's about the greatest announcement. It affected the most people. That's number three, is that it affected more people than any announcement before and any announcement after. It is the pivotal statement of all mankind's history. It is finished. And then number four, it declared the greatest victory. The greatest victory. Because your greatest problem and my greatest problem is our sin problem. That it is sin that dwells in us. Paul said, even after he is saved, he said, you know, the things that I would do, I don't do. Let me paraphrase here a little bit. And the things that I would not, those things I do. Can anybody else identify with that? (laughs) Things that I intend to do and that I ought to do, I don't do those things. And the things that I shouldn't do, that's what I did. And Paul said this, when that's the case, it's no longer I that did it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now listen, he's not trying to blame somebody else for it. He's the sinner. But he's identifying here, listen, my problem is a sin problem. My problem is a sin nature. And there's only one way to be delivered from that. And that's to experience the new birth through the Lord Jesus Christ. See. And so it, it, this announcement, it is finished, announces the greatest victory ever won. We were privileged this summer to stand there on the, on the USS Missouri, the Mighty Moe as it's known, and we saw the place. They have a, a plaque on the ground indicating where the documents were signed to end World War II. Hey, listen, that's huge. That's a huge, that's a, that's, it is a major historical location as, as this document was signed. But can I, can I take you to another place where a greater victory was won That's the greatest victory that you and I needed to be won that we could never win on our own. But Jesus died on that cross and he said it is finished. The battle is won. You see, the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 in verse number 15 that God said, I will put enmity, I'll, I'll put conflict, I'll put war, I'll put enmity between these talking to Satan and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head, the seed shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay, now which would you rather have, a bruised head or a bruised heel? Well, obviously a bruised head is fatal. And that's what, way, mercy, way back in Genesis, at the, right after this first sin was committed and sinned into the world, God also gave the solution. And he said that he, the seed, singular, referring to Jesus Christ, would bruise thy head, talking to Satan. and you would bruise his heel well he would be crucified on the cross he would be bruised for your iniquities he would be bruised for my iniquities but in being bruised and being chastised on that cross he did so for your sins and my sins and that was the defeat to Satan Colossians in chapter, you don't have to turn there, but listen to this. Colossians in chapter 2, blotting out, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled, that's a military term, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, You know know what that means? You say, I'm not sure if I fought all what you were saying. Here's basically what it means. Jesus won the victory at Calvary over sin and over death and over hell all at that moment. It is finished and his resurrection proves it so. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know what what that verse is saying in Hebrews chapter number 2? It's basically saying this. God became man to die in your place and my place so that we would not have to fear death. The psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the... Shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We don't have to fear death, friend. I was, I was on a run yesterday and I, and, and I, and I heard this. Dog. He, he comes at me every time I run past him, but he can't get me because there's a good strong fence right there. And, and let him bark as he may. Now I don't taunt him. I don't mess with him but he can't get at me because there's something between us. Hey, can I, can I tell you something? You and I will experience physical death, but if you're saved tonight, you'll never experience the second death, which is separation from God. And we may, we may be struck by the shadow of death, but which would you rather be hit by tonight? The shadow of a Mack truck or a Mack truck? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Hey, listen, he took the full impact of death for us on the cross. And he said it is finished, by the way, that means he didn't go to hell and burn in the flames of hell. That means he didn't go down there and wrestle the devil and get the keys. No, that's not right theology. He said it is finished and it was finished. Yeah. Right there. And he went from the, his, his body was put in the grave, but his spirit and soul went back to heaven. He said, "In father, in thy hands, I commend my spirit. And he said to the thief, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hey, it was done right there on the cross. Finished. <clears throat> you know what that means? There's nothing you or I can add to it. In fact, to try to add something to it says it wasn't sufficient. The penalty's paid. You don't have to pay for your sin anymore. No, no, it's, it's paid. If it's paid, it's paid. I gotta I got tell you, this term is used outside the world of the Bible because, I mean, it's a Greek term. tetelestai that's a Greek term. And it was used, Wiersbe identifies these areas. This is, this is sermon outline number two from somebody else. So good. He said it was used of a servant when he reported to his master, Tetelestai. it's done. The, the job that you sent me to do, it's finished. The Son of God comes to the Father and is able to say, what you gave me to do is finished. That's one way it was used. Another way it was used is this. A priest would examine an animal sacrifice to see if it was faultless and acceptable. And if it was faultless and acceptable, he would say, tetelestai, meaning this, I've inspected this, it's clean, it's acceptable, it's done. Jesus said, it is finished. His offering, his sacrifice, we're going to turn to Hebrews in just a second. His sacrifice as the Lamb of God. Yes. Since John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away. No, 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 wait, don't, don't miss the word he used right there. He did not say which just covers the sin of the world. Because every year the blood of a sacrifice would cover the, the, the um the mercy seat, and it would cover the sin of the people one more year and then another year and another year. No, no, but wait a minute. When Jesus died, his blood takes away our sin. There's no more need for sacrifices. Number three, this is pretty awesome. It was used of an artist. As an artist would complete the picture that he was painting or she was painting, then they would once, once finished, now we, we might do it like, okay, when it's, when, it's, when it's done, when it's done, done, they maybe would sign their name at the bottom right hand corner. You with me? It's done. When, when in Greek times, as they would finish the painting, they would step back and say, Tetelesai. It is finished. In other words, this completes the picture. Jesus, is anybody getting this here tonight? This completes the picture of redemption. It is done. All those animal sacrifices were just part of the picture, but he finishes it. This is maybe my favorite one. It was used among merchants. Merchants, once a bill had been paid in full. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says that there have been uh, receipts found about taxes that had on it this Greek word, tetelestai. In other words, the taxes have been paid. Amen? It's finished. We've got here, you know, Brother Mark or others would use in the financial realm here of Southwest Baptist Church when a bill is paid and it goes like this. Man, that's quite a sound right there. Amen. 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 Almost want to do it again, but that mess up my illustration. Because <laughs> it's paid. Amen. It's paid. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, Amen. and, he said, and he's, using, he's using a term that they would have known when their bills were paid, and there's why in the world would you want to pay on a bill that's already paid? There's no need for that. And so he he said in a voice of triumph, it is paid. In fact, we'd say it maybe this way. Paid in full. Paid in full, it's done. It means this, your sins can be forgiven. They've already been paid for. There's no more work that you need to do to add to this. There's no penance that you need to do to this. There's no works you need to add to this. There's no making up for what what Jesus fell short of. No, no, no. Listen, friend. It's this. it's, It's simply indicating this. The work that was necessary for you to be saved is done. And everyone is saved the same way. Brother... Allen, brother Brad. Allen gave his testimony this morning, and I've said it before—not not in a light way, but truly—he has more mug shots than high school pictures. He went through a rough time, jails. How many times did you say, really, Brad? About sixteen times. A, do- a dozen times. Sorry to add to it. <laughs> a dozen times in and out of jail. Miss Susie, where are you at? Miss Susie White, where are you at? Miss Susie, right back here. Miss Susie, you been in jail? No. Okay. I, you know, I was kind of branching out there. Never once. She's telling the truth, Brother Vernon. Is that right? So, Okay, good. She's never, she's never been in jail. Never did any time. Hey, hey, you listen to this? But the same blood that had to be shed to save Brad Allen was the same blood that had to be shed to save a Susie White. And it's paid in full. I just listened to a wonderful testimony. There's a man that's attending the services right now and, and he's really, I think, you know, maybe close to being saved, and, but he came across a testimony of a man named Johnny Chang that was in a, in a Chinese gang in the LA area. His, his parents immigra- immigrated here from, from China and came to our, our country and, and, uh, and, and this young man, his dad was abusive, his dad was a drunkard, his dad would beat him and abuse him in that way. It's just a terrible story. And so Johnny Chang just went to the streets and he's all tatted up and- and lived a really rough life, hurt people, was violent. He had treated, been treated violently. He reacted in being violent towards others, had been in the prison system and so forth, and drugs. And as I mentioned already, a gang, a very violent gang. And yet a pastor shared with him the truth of salvation. And just to take an hour and 15 minute long testimony and shorten it down to just this three minutes basically, He understood that Jesus paid the price for his sin. And he bowed his head and called on Jesus to be a savior. And in that moment, he was saved. And the pastor helped him understand. Listen, Listen to this just a minute. Helped him understand that, Johnny, this means you are righteous. You say, well, hang on just a minute. I think you know maybe if you're like in a gang or something, the way you get say you gotta you gotta really repent. What, what does that mean? Right. I mean you have to. It, it takes a long time for somebody. You can't you can't just you can't just. I mean you hurt people. That individual needs to pay. Well, there are consequences for forgiven sin. But friend, listen, the blood of Jesus Christ paid for his sin, just like it did mine. And as an eight-year-old boy, and God declared me righteous, not on my own righteousness, but on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly the same thing in the life of a man named Johnny Chang that was a Chinese gang member. And the instant that he trusted Jesus to be his savior, he was clean, washed, justified forever forgiven. On his way to heaven. The pastor helped him understand that he needed to talk to his dad. And he said to his dad, he said, dad, you came here for the American dream and I've been the American nightmare in your family. I'm sorry that I disgrace your honor and honor of obviously in an Asian society is so huge. I've disgraced our honor of our family's name and I ask you to forgive me. He said his dad broke down crying and I don't remember the rest of the story if the dad got saved or not but, the, but thank God tonight that the same blood that can save a gang member can save somebody that grew up in church. In fact, it takes the same and you're forever saved. Yeah. The finished work. Of Jesus Christ. Means this. There's only one thing for you to do. Believe. Not just a head knowledge. Like yeah I believe that's true. But this. I'm trusting what he did. Who he is and what he did for my salvation. Believe. There was an evangelist that. Had a young man kind of. Flippant and just ridiculing the preacher and said to him flippantly, What must I do to be saved? And the preacher said, This, It's too late. He said, Are you saying it's too late for me to be saved? He said, It's too late. It's too late for you to do anything, it's already been done. That's good. All you need to do is believe. Would you stand together here tonight? The finished work of Jesus Christ. There's nothing left for you to do except trust Him. The work's already done. He triumphantly cried out in a loud, strong voice, it is finished. The penalty has been paid. Now, the gift of salvation must be received. Just that he paid the price does not mean everyone is on their way to heaven. You must believe. You must receive. With every head bowed and eye closed tonight, I would like to ask, how many of you here could say, yes, I accepted that full payment of sin for my sin, and I know I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Could you raise your hand to that tonight? Praise God. What a blessing. I see children. I see young people. I see adults raising their hand. That's wonderful. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just ask this tonight. Is there anyone here that would raise your hand and say, preacher, pray for me? Because I I couldn't raise my hand right then because I don't know for sure. Would you raise your hand right now if that's you? If I die tonight, I don't know that I'm forgiven of my sin, that I'm on my way to heaven. Is there anybody like that? Just raise your hand where I can see you and let you put your hand down. Anybody like, thank you, I see your hand. God bless you, I appreciate that sincerely. God's working in your heart tonight, no doubt. While I wait just a moment, somebody else, see another hand over here of a child. Anybody else tonight, raise your hand if you would. If God spoke to your heart, you need salvation. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And then what we're going to do is they're going to begin to play. And we're going to sing a song together. And it's page 275, which is just as I am. If you raise your hand and you you know God speaking to you that you need salvation. That's why you raise your hand. Would you just step out here in a minute and come towards the front? There are men that'll be here at every aisle. And if you're a lady, there's a lady that is here to meet you and take a Bible and show you from God's word. How then, if all I have to do is just believe, how do I put my faith in what Jesus did and who he is? And we'd like to explain that to you. Father, I believe all the believers are here tonight praying that those that raise their hand would be saved tonight. We're praying for that, God. We're asking you, I know it's your will, to save them. There's no doubt. You'd have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But I pray in this very moment that you'd help them to step out and, and then help those that would talk to them to explain how to receive Jesus as their Savior. And then, God, for those that are saved and maybe have struggled with just the flesh and And uh, Lord, there's no need to be saved again as your word makes clear, clear to us. But I thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. But we want to be restored to fellowship. Would you help us in that way as well? In Jesus' wonderful and holy name we pray. Amen.